What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Wow. Island life. So relaxed. So peaceful. Pina colada dripping down my chin. Foursome with the bartender and his lady. A little island romance. My boyfriend rubbing my clit. <laughs> I'm fucking kidding! I didn't go to Hawaii! Welcome to another fucking episode daddy <laughs> feel the rain on your skin did you guys listen to the Heidi Montag episode I mean my god Lauren Conrad apparently not successful has Cole's line still struggling per Heidi Montag you gotta love it that was a great episode go listen and enjoy It is another glorious mini episode, a mini episode with a mini tear. So I did not go on vacation and apparently, and apparently this, this is um, a big deal. You can't just cancel vacations. Everyone in my life was like, oh God, oh my God, you canceled Hawaii literally the day before. Like, whoa. And I was like, I don't see the problem. I canceled it sadly because of work. I wish I had a better story. I wish I was like, so guys, sit back, relax, and enjoy that people called the police on me again. And here we fucking go. No, it was, I had a work opportunity that I could not pass up and I could not leave Los Angeles. People were like, did you get COVID? No, I didn't get fucking COVID. So here was the plan. Step one, cancel Hawaiian vacation. Step two, immediately book another vacation. Okay. I knew I can't go to Hawaii, but that doesn't mean our entire week has to be fucked. So my boyfriend and I went up to Santa Barbara, still in Los Angeles. I can still do my work and we can still play. Hey, hey, hey. So we get in the car, we drive down the fucking PCH coast, and we get there, we put our shit in the fucking hotel, and we go to dinner. It's 95 degrees. Obviously, I order the French onion soup. (laughs) And I'm not fucking with that, like, canned shit. This was crusted over, cheese seeping out, some of it a little crunched, some of it a little soupy. The onions were longer than a fucking pencil. I was slurping that shit to the back of my throat, and I was dousing it down with a goddamn martini. Mr. Sexy Zoo Man gets a salad. We are playing footsies under the table. We are flirting it up. Life is good because now it's time to go back to the bedroom. And I remember starting to dirty talk. Oh my God. Fuck, baby. Look at your cock. Oh, fuck. I want that inside of me. I'm going to open my mouth and I want you to slide that down my throat, okay? I want to take your full Santa Barbara to the back. To the back of my mendicine. <laughs> what is that? I start to rub his dick all over my face. And he puts his hand on my chin, lifts my face up off of his cock, and asks me a question that he has never asked me. Who has the biggest cock you've ever sucked? I immediately thought, one, 
is this a fucking trick? Two, who is the biggest dick I've sucked? And rather than sit in my confusion, I decided, stay present and just keep sucking the dick that was in front of me. I think I've avoided the question. He yet again goes, tell me, I want to know. So I kind of just blurt out, He is turned on. See, for me, usually I would ask that and it would be like a trap. Like, ha ha, I caught you. I knew you fucked her. It's like this time I actually saw this healthy relationship before my eyes. Like, oh my God, he actually was truthful. He's not upset. If anything, I could feel his dick get harder. So I was like, no, but baby, like your dick is perfect. Like I love it. And I start stroking it and I'm sucking it. And I'm telling him how much I love his dick and how perfect it is for me. Performance of a lifetime. Remind him like, I don't do this for every dick. I'm going to now put the balls in my mouth while I fully try to shove the entire dick to the back of my throat, down a little bit of my esophagus to make room for the balls. Literally, my lips are now touching his pelvis and I lightly take my tongue and with my hands scoop up two of the balls into my mouth and I now have an entire dick and two balls in my mouth. And before I can really even get comfortable and cozy with the full house that's in my fucking mouth. No! Again? Onions. All over my boyfriend's stomach. All over his fucking dick. In between his fucking ass cheeks. There is French onion soup doused all over my boyfriend all over the white sheets the mattress and there's a little slinger stuck right to my fucking cheek and I am staring at my dinner this was not a puke and rally situation there's something about pulling a semi-digested onion off of my boyfriend's semi-hard wiener that really just kills the mood. I will say that onion string definitely tasted better the second time. The moral of the story, daddy gang, is they don't serve soup on the island. I should've gone to fucking Hawaii. Is this thing on? Go shawty. It's your birthday. We're gonna party like go, it's your go, birthday. We're gonna go, sip the party like go, it's your birthday. Because we don't give a fuck. It's your birthday. Happy Can I get a shout out for the birthday, girl? Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Rar. <laughs> It is Leo season, bitches. Do you read your fucking horoscope? I do. I'm a Leo. I am narcissistic. I'm obsessed with myself. I am the king of the fucking jungle. <laughs> Literally die. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fucking Leo season. It's going to be my birthday. My birthday is on August 21st. Mark your calendars. I better be getting a lot of DMs and love. Lots of Facebook. What am I saying? So there's this thing with my birthday. Because I am a narcissist, you would assume it's a whole fucking month you're celebrating me. But that's not really how it's ever gone. Because August 21st for me my entire life 
has meant soccer fucking preseason. Literally, I grew up and soccer consumed and dictated my August. So for the past few years, it's definitely been like weird to actually been able to celebrate it. But also for the past few years, I've been dating fucking assholes. So it's never been really the right time to celebrate my birth or my existence, except for this year. For my 27th birthday on August 20th and 21st, I am going to fucking Vegas with a large group of friends and I am fucking paying for my own private plane. It is going to be the best 37 minute private plane fucking excursion experience anyone has ever taken. I will be so drunk. I promise you I will be so intoxicated by the time that I land in Las Vegas. It is going to be a good time. And you all know that I will obviously be podcasting from Vegas. Daddy gang, get excited for the Vegas adventures and my birthday. What could go wrong? Bonjour. What is the next word? Bienvenue à Paris. Bienvenue à Paris. Bienvenue à Paris. <laughs> yeah, I did Google it. Bonjour. Bienvenue en France. En France. En France. Bienvenue en France. Bienvenue en France. Bonjour. Bienvenue en France. Why does she sound drunk? Bienvenue en France. <laughs> Bienvenue en France. Bonjour. Bienvenue en France. What the fuck? Listen, I'll do it myself. Hello, motherfuckers. We are going to a little bit. I look good. I can't sound good in the fucking years. We're going to. The motherfucking week, baby. Ah. <clears throat> Questions of the week. Mm. Number one. Hi, Father. I need advice. When I was a teenager, I had a pretty bad home life. My parents were alcoholics. And I was dating this guy who was my first love. We dated for a year, and towards the end, I did a lot of toxic shit and said horrible things until he finally left me. I would have left, too. Flash forward to present day and I'm married with three kids and he is in a relationship and has two kids. I have gone to therapy and was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, PTSD, and anxiety. The past year, I have felt extremely guilty for the things that I did and blamed him for, such as self-harming. I keep wanting to apologize but don't want him to think I'm crazy or piss off his girlfriend. All I want to do is apologize. What do I do? Please help. Wow. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much for writing in and sharing your story. Um, my first reaction is, like, I really respect you wanting to make amends and apologize for how you treated a past partner and can relate. I think it's big of you. Obviously, I think in old Call Her Daddy days, if you were, like, reaching out to an ex and writing a letter, it would be, like, for personal gain. But it, it's I'm reading this, and it's like, damn, this is great that you're doing this Um out of like good intentions, not only to help yourself, but hopefully also help him if you did hurt him. So my suggestion would be, I would maybe like write a handwritten letter. And I think it it shows that you put thought into it and it can't be interpreted as like an impulsive drunk text or DM or decision. 
It shows you like really thought this out. And I also think that even if he has a like current partner, maybe even include them in the note. Like, hey, like you can also share this with your partner and show them like as if like you have nothing to hide. If anything, you're just someone from his past that is like trying to right her wrongs and like show up and be a fucking better person and like do right by him now that you've had time to reflect. And I feel like if I, if my boyfriend got like a letter like that from someone and it was like, you can also show your girlfriend this or your current partner, like there's no other agenda. I feel like that's so harmless. And listen, I think you never owe anyone an explanation regarding your own therapy journey, but I do think it's impactful to say this is something that you've thought of. You've put time and energy into in your own therapy to show him like, oh shit, this this person is really coming at it from like such a different lens than they used to. And I also feel like if you're like nervous and you're like, wait, how do I even begin this? My therapist always says this, blame it on your therapist. That is literally, my therapist always says that. She's like, blame it on me. Just say, hey, so I was discussing this with my therapist and it's actually something I would love to address with you. And she suggest- she suggested I write a letter. Overall, daddy, I'm really proud of you and your growth. And I think it's like amazing that you're on this journey towards finding, like rewriting your narrative for yourself and the fact that you're not okay with maybe decisions you made in the past. I feel like we're all that way. And like, it's really mature of you that you're going about it this way. So find your peace. I think that's completely understandable. And if anything, it's admirable. I love you. Okay. Hi, father. I just wanted to get your opinion on something that I've been thinking about for a while. So I have a, I have a wedgie fetish and was wondering how I should deal with that. Should I be more open about it? I'm comfortable with it being my kink and knowing that everyone has their kinks, but my issue is that I don't know how to deal with it in a relationship or family setting. Should I bring it up at therapy or something as well? I'm curious to hear your thoughts and advice. Okay. Well, first of all, I think I need some, um, clarifying questions. If that makes sense. Like, do you pertaining to the wedgie category? Do you like giving wedgies? Or do you like receiving wedgies? Or do you enjoy staring at someone's crotch trying to determine the degree of the wedge? I could imagine then what you're saying about maybe that is it. Like that could be the family dynamic. I feel like maybe you're not trying to like, honestly, what I'm imagining is you sitting at a family party and having an uncontrollable urge and jumping up and giving, (laughs) and giving, (laughs) and giving grandma a wedgie so intense that she flies out of her chair and like is sent to the hospital. Um, But hey, there is no kink shaming here on Caller Daddy. I'm just trying to like understand and engage like in what capacity is this wedgie fetish? Like, are you doing it? Do you want it done to you or do you like looking at it? I'm also trying to imagine how this would be incorporated into the bedroom. Maybe, maybe like, okay, let's maybe say she's on her hands and her knees giving you head. Okay. And instead of you pulling her hair or like some bondage action, you reach behind her and you give, and you give her panties a good old yank. Like I would suggest maybe also having a safe word though, because she may not be mentally prepared for it and nothing sucks more than an, a- <laughs> nothing such and nothing sucks more than an asshole chafing <laughs> and hassled chafing and chapping do you know what I mean so if your partner is down for it like hey baby I have a really big fetish it's a wedgie fetish do you mind if I yank and tuck and and you can scream but like do you mind if I get a little in and around that asshole but listen overall if this kink overtakes you to the point where you're giving 
where you are going up to innocent people and bystanders on the street and giving them wedgies, I would say, yeah, bring this up to your therapist. And I definitely think, listen, whenever you are writing in, guys, and and kinks and, and family are in the same paragraph, definitely geared towards just talking it through with your therapist because we don't want you to have like a sudden urge and it just happens to be like, God forbid, instead of like a hot girl, which again, that would not be okay if you just went and grabbed her undies. But like, God forbid, it's like Uncle Marty in front of you and you just take a hold of his trousers. Like that could end in, that could end in a riff in the family divide. Okay. Hi, father. I know we're all health and wellness here, but I recently was in a situation when I, where I wanted to be a good person, yet I also wanted to be a savage. What would you have done if you were me? So I've been talking to this guy from Hinge for a straight week. Like absolutely fire conversation to the point where I was like, wow, this is going so great. This may be my future boyfriend right here. I'm in an Uber to meet him and he texts me where his table at the place is and what color shirt he was wearing. I pull up and can see the red shirt from inside the Uber. My stomach falls to the ground because he's a fucking catfish. He didn't, if he did not tell me what color shirt he was wearing, I would have never found him. Jesus Christ. If you were me, would you get out and follow through with the date or have the Uber speed away? Fuck. Oh, like that's so sad because my heart almost like breaks. Okay, sorry. I'll like give you the savage answer in a second. But my heart breaks for that person because if there's anyone so aware, like it's him. And I'm assuming he was either shorter than expected or had like a receding hairline that was not even, it was, he was bald, like whatever it was. Like it was outrageous that you were, the fact that you said you couldn't find him, like thank God for the red shirt. Um, If anything, him telling you the red shirt, it solidifies. He knows he's a catfish. Why would he be like, I have the red shirt on? Well, I've seen your pictures. I know what you look. Oh, wait. Here's the thing. I guess it depends where you're at in your life. Okay. So like, for example, if you're so open to dating and you're like in that mood where you're like going on date after date after date, I do think sometimes giving people the benefit of the doubt, like I bet that guy may be like, oh no, I don't want to say I bet, but like maybe he's a great fucking person, you know? And like guys have insecurities too, not just women about looks. And I think sometimes like, I don't know, maybe like sitting down with him and like getting to know him. And like the fact that you guys, you just said you had a great week of texting. Like you said, it was fire conversation. Looks aren't everything. And if anything, if it was a receding hairline, shit, baby, by the 50, all of them are fucking gone anyway. So who really gives a fuck about looks, right? So I would say give him a chance. However, I've also been in a situation where I am so fucking exhausted from dating I've gotten bad date after bad date. And if you roll up there and you see this, I don't think there's anything wrong with you dipping out and texting and being like, I am so fucking sorry. Something came up with my family. Like, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. I think you have to just gauge where you're at mentally, because I think always giving someone the benefit of the doubt is the best and most mature way to go. But dating wise, people are fucking struggling, man. Like, I don't know. I just feel like especially guys Like if he was a catfish on the internet, like maybe he actually did look like that at one point. You know what I mean? Like you never know. Like that was from high school and now it's just, I don't know. I just have have sympathy, but also take care of yourself. What are you in the mood for? And like, what can you personally handle that night? 
if you're on your fucking Mother Teresa shit, get out of the fucking car, step up and go to fucking Red Shirt Man and give him a fucking smooch and sit down and be like, you look nothing like your pictures. Um, I'm No, you could honestly sit down with him and like have a convo and then like take a picture of him while you're on the date. And be like, you should like make this your new dating profile picture. This is really good pick of you. And obviously I'm never going to see you again, but I'm also helping the rest of the women that now will match with you. Pay it forward, sweetheart. You know what I mean? Okay. So... I finally pulled the trigger and started going to therapy. It's only been two weeks and I don't even know what to talk about. I feel like I used to think of all these things that I wanted to talk about, but now I can't even think of anything. So I feel like I'm paying for nothing. Father Cooper, help. Okay. Three out of three for therapy today, guys. We're really on a fucking roll. Um, I love this question. So obviously I am not a therapist, Maybe for Halloween this year. Um, But I can definitely speak to my own experiences here. So in the beginning, I went into therapy and I was in the middle of like a crisis, like dealing with friend drama and like the fucking roommate shit and work, all this shit. And I was like, let me ask my therapist how to solve the crisis. And it's always easy to go to therapy when you're in crisis mode, you know? And then once the crisis was solved, then I'm on like my third session and I'm like, hey, (laughs) she's like, so what's up today? And I'm like, I don't know. And so I started to just go into the background of like my life and like my family. So I think number one example or number one advice would be giving background on just maybe your family dynamic, siblings, friends, past romantic relationships. Just start going into that and naturally, oh, just mention your past relationships. You won't even get to the family or your siblings or your friends. Just mention your last relationship and she'll she'll take it from there. I just think in the beginning A therapist is trying to gather as much information as possible. So you may not feel that big like aha, like groundbreaking moment for a little bit. And I think if anything, that's good. You're not going in there in crisis. And also, I think another advice I have for you is I personally don't like journal in the typical sense of like every day I have a journal, but I do like therapy journal in my notes in my phone. Obviously, if I'm in a fight with someone or going or going through something stressful, that's like I'll start that with my therapy session. But thankfully, like that's not every week. So through the week leading up to my therapy sessions, I will lightly just like jot down quick notes on my phone in the moment that like I may want to bring something up like, oh, why did I make that comment to like my boyfriend? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I felt like I would there was something more under that. Am I triggered by that? Am I angry? Like, Why did that hurt my feelings? Like, why was I upset by that comment on the internet this week that like really got to me? Nothing is ever too small or insignificant to bring up to your therapist. Everything that you say helps your therapist get to know you better. So I get it. You're like, uh, (laughs) I got nothing for you. You do just start literally talking about your life and then they will kind of work with you through it. And as I've said before, Listen, I know it's not easy, but be truthful with your therapist. You're paying them to listen and hear you out. Honestly, you can look at them and be like, I don't know what to talk about today. You could literally say that to your therapist and I bet they will also then start like, all right, well, let's talk about like your family or like, what does this week look for you? And then you start discussing what's going to be coming in this week for you. And she's like, oh, wait, do you like your job? What are your coworkers like? What is your like social life to work like balance? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, here we go. So it will it will come. You just have to kind of go into it and like just know that 
anything you're saying is going to help them start to get underneath a lot more for you. I hope this is helpful. Okay. Hi, Daddy. Love and worship you. Love you too, Dad. What is your recommendation for having sex when your dog is in the room? Threesome, baby. (laughs) I have a tiny studio apartment and my dog always wants to be around me. Trying to have an orgasm and not have my asshole licked to bits by my dog at the same time. Honestly, little double entendre. I love that little action. You can't get that. There is no vibrator that will lick your asshole. Thank your dog later. Guys, okay, I personally see nothing wrong with bestiality. And luckily, I don't have this issue with Angel Baby Henry. He actually... um gets involved mid foreplay and will jump on the bed and then like I said he'll eat the asshole listen thankfully Henry actually um gets scared um when Mr. Sexy Zoom Daddy and I are having sex and he hides under the nightstand in the bedroom or under the couch and I mean I guess honestly maybe just get one of those like Kong toys (laughs) what are they called the like a toy that you can put peanut butter in the dog will be there for a solid fucking seven minutes and maybe (laughs) that little tongue to the asshole is the finale that you needed to pop that good oh you're mid fucking your boyfriend can't find your clit the dog comes from behind you lube it up with that peanut butter he shoves his tongue in your asshole and you're fucking good to go baby you're like oh fuck baby that was the best orgasm he's like it's our fucking dog I'm on the ground like what the fuck yeah I think get them a toy that has some food in it and they'll be good for a solid seven minutes because I get that when they're like I love how I'm like a fucking dog mom now also everyone that dms me being like do you remember do you remember Alex I'm like I know what you're talking about you don't even have to fucking say it after that do you remember when you used to shit on people that used to post their dogs so much on social media yeah I do (laughs) and I changed my fucking mind have you ever changed your mind in your life you would too if you fucking had Henry in your life Okay, so yeah, I don't really know if I clarified, but just give your dog a treat or let him enjoy the fun. Okay, dogs want to have fun too. <laughs> uh, the trolls are going to be angry. Okay, Alex, your child is in need of some top-notch fatherly advice, and my boyfriend has a very weird kink, and I don't know what to do. Wow, we're on like therapy and kink train today. Um, I've got you, sweetheart. Tell me what's up. She says... To set the scene, I'm 23 and have been with my boyfriend, who is 26, for three years. After after a year of dating, he confided in me and told me a sexual kink that he had never told anyone, let alone even said out loud. He told me that he has an adult diaper fetish. Now, I don't consider myself vanilla whatsoever, but but this sure as hell took me by surprise. He explained that he doesn't quite understand it himself. He doesn't find pleasure in quote unquote baby play or in like using the bathroom in the diaper or like using the bathroom in the diaper. Oh, right. Taking a giant shit. Okay. Which confuses me on another level, but I suppose that is besides the point. After a couple weeks of not talking about it again, I bought some and wore one for him as a surprise. Okay, girl, really leaning the fuck in. He was very taken aback and didn't seem as excited as I anticipated. Oh, no. That really shocked me and actually made me feel like I did it wrong in some way. After that incident, we didn't talk about it again. We moved in together one year and five months ago. As I was packing up my stuff, I asked him what I should do with the diapers as we're moving, and he just told me to throw them away. 
which totally shot my confidence down about it even more. Around three months ago, he brought it up again and said he would like to try it again. And I told him that I'm going to really need him to tell me about it and how to act about it and tell me what the fuck he likes. So he ordered some in a tie tie. Oh my God. In a tie dye pattern of all things. And I wore one for him. We didn't have sex then, but he seemed super turned on. I wonder what you guys did. Did you just like stand in front of him and like slap on the tie dye? In wearing that one for him, I realized that I am not turned on by this whatsoever and actually feel quite uncomfortable. I love him with my whole heart and want him to be able to satisfy and want to be able to satisfy his fantasies. But this one is just really hard for me to understand slash play into, especially with his tendencies to not explain things very well when it involves vulnerability. I freaking adore you and the daddy gang. And you guys, hopefully you guys can help me with this conundrum. Keep killing it, dad. Okay. Wow. So I think there's a lot of things going on here. I think number one is you're both feeling so insecure right now. Clearly he's feeling vulnerable. You're feeling insecure. I'm sorry, but like trying to picture myself knowing my boyfriend has a kink and he, he just has the, what the kink is and no description of what he likes about it or how to do it. And it's like something that you've never even heard of. Like, what am I supposed to do? You're slapping on a big baby diaper and you're just like stand. Do you like not have a bra on? Like, what are you like? Phil, what is the dill pickles? Tommy Pickles you're Tommy Pickles standing in front of your fucking boyfriend and he's giving you no direction you're feeling like an idiot because you're like I'm extending the olive branch baby I hit up fucking baby rs 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 and I'm fucking standing here vulnerable and like he's not giving you direction I think what you need to do is it reminds me all the way back to like when I had sex with Emily on have a conversation about kinks or sex or things you want to do outside of the bedroom so whether it's a romantic night or a movie night I think you can like pause the movie and turn to him in the least aggressive way and be like babe I love you so much and I know if I had a kink you would be right by my side right there to try to fulfill that kink for me that's what I've been trying to do ordering the diapers and putting the diapers on and standing there waiting for you to give me like And maybe the answer is he doesn't know. And you're just, and maybe you can just say to him, like, I'm just looking for a little bit of guidance so that I can please you. And his answer is probably going to be, I don't know what I want. There's just something about diapers that turns him on. So I think if anything, maybe you could say, why don't you like work on like jacking off into the diaper or watching some type of porn that has diapers in it and like start to try to understand where does he get off to the diaper? Maybe it's not you wearing it. Maybe it's him wearing it. Maybe it's just on the fucking bed and he like holds it while he's like fucking you or something like you never know. But maybe there's just something that will spark if you guys explore a little bit more that he'll be like, oh, that's what's getting me off about it. Because right now, all we know is his subject is diapers. He gets fucking horny and that's as far as it goes. Where do you fit into that equation? Dude, you can get him and you, his and hers, the huge diapers and like dress up as babies for Halloween. And maybe you'll have like crazy kinky sex. Maybe he'll feel like the most in his element and the most accepted. And all of a sudden, like you guys keep the um, the uh, costumes for after Halloween and you guys like keep putting them on and you have like diaper Halloween nights and you like fucking your diapers. Again, only if you're also down. Don't just do this if your boyfriend's like wanting it and you're like, I literally have nightmares now about like big babies. 
This week's episode was quite fun. I blacked out a little bit, but isn't that the point of the goddamn mini episodes? Um, next week, I have something fun for you planned. And there won't be a guest. I've seen some of your DMs. You like the solo episodes, which does the narcissist in me. Again, Leo season, remember, I kind of love it. I do love to hear that sometimes you guys are missing the solo dolos. That really warms my heart. So next week, Daddy Gang, there's going to be a little fucking birthday surprise coming up your assholes, and it's going to be a fun one. So you know the motherfucking drill. I will see you fuckers next Wednesday. (laughs) 